We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's going on? It's Kevin Deers here. Uh, We're talking here from my apartment. I've been doing a ton of uh, podcasts today and and talking to a lot of people that I know within metal and a lot of people I don't even know within metal and and just trying to honestly stay sane, stay busy, and stay inside, stay home, stay healthy, stay connected, all that stuff. Right now, I'm talking to a dude all the way in Florida. Uh, I believe it is almost midnight there right now, and uh, it's J.J. Polachek. Uh He is a vocalist of, of many bands. Uh, first off, how are you doing, man? How are you holding up there in Florida, and uh, how are you staying sane? Um, well, personally, I'm... I you I have like a lot of work experience in both housekeeping and like kitchen jobs, so yeah. washing my hands is already a habit, so I haven't really had an issue with this. Like I've been fine. You know, I'm feeling okay and I'm you know, day to day I'm you know, keeping the stakes as low as possible and I'm and I'm getting through it feeling okay. So Good. You know, I would say I'm stable right now. That's a, that's a good word for it. Yeah. Is uh your day job aside from playing in a metal band? It, it, are have you been deemed essential? Do you work in a restaurant now? And are you guys doing takeout stuff? Uh, no, actually, I um was working with the YMCA uh, after school program. Okay. For uh, elementary school. Where it was basic, it's basically like structured daycare, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you hear any meows in the background, that's my new kitten Morpheus. Oh, so, you know, pay, pay no mind or pay lots of mind, you know. If yeah, it's good to you. Anyway, um, yeah. So that's what I was doing, but then this obviously happened, and school is kind of completely in limbo. So I'm just. I'm desperately searching for, you know, whatever. I'm in the same boat as a lot of people, yeah. is what I'll say. But um still uh, doing a lot of musical work, actually, um, in the midst of this, because a lot of the people I'm collaborating with have much more free time. Yeah. Uh, let, All let... right, hang on. I got to let him out. No, he's, no problem. Wine. Let Morpheus <laughs> out, dude. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Anyway, nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of things currently being uh, worked on behind the scenes. You know, yeah, well, where I generally like to keep things until they're ready to show off. You know, I don't like to make too many promises. But in the last couple, in the last few years, you've done uh, a lot of work on various uh, metal bands. Obviously, the first time I met you was for a band called Seven Horns, Seven Eyes, uh, kind of a local Seattle mm-hmm. band, and uh, you did collaboration yes. from the East Coast, and you even lived here in Seattle for a little while. Um, I did. Is Seven Horns, Seven Eyes, uh, it doesn't seem like it's a closed book. Is is that still open to, it you know? never was. It was um, kind of an interesting situation where, like, we always genuinely wanted to, you know, do to release more material in yeah. some form or another. It's just it kept getting put on the back burner because too many, you know, too many opportunities, you know, became the number one priority. That's yeah. basically what happened. So, and, you know, too many of the uh, really functional elements that allowed Seven Horns to be like an active touring band kind of, 
you know, those, like, mem- like we lost, you know, a drummer and then never quite got things together enough to, like, go on tour again. Yeah. So other bands kind of took their, you know, the main place of them in my life, and uh, Aaron did a lot more work with his production. You know, he has yep. a whole incredible studio in his home. Oh, he's killing it now, yeah. Um, I can't wait to go back to, um, but yeah, so, and it was one of those things where every couple months or years Aaron and I would talk, and he would have a he would have some fresh ideas, and we'd get really excited, and then it would kind of get sidelined again. And, and it's at the point now where we have enough of those just over time, slowly building you know, material that like we feel comfortable like okay let's commit to trying to like put this to a real and you know let's give this a structure like let's make just you know forget all the big plans that we used to have yeah that was a little too a little too lofty for our uh resources but what we can do is do a very strong follow-up to throws and what we do have is literally that it's just everything we did on throws but now we're much older and wiser about how to put songs together and you know what to have more restraint on what to be a little more adventurous about so it's just like a it sounds like a genuine evolution you know or you know a genuine maturation i guess of exactly what we did on throws you know when that's it's it's much more uh dramatic and you know cinematic is a very good term i think because it's a very explicit um like you know film scores are a very open influence on aaron's songwriting oh, so it seems like it, yeah you know that's yeah so you know and you know writing good songs like this apparently takes 10 years so (laughs) you know we're closing like we have like half of the last song we need to put into that puzzle and then you know then i can start working on vocals with aaron and then you know we'll get that done and we'll make it all you know it's going to just move along as we can do it and but we do have an actual vision in mind of like how we want this to come together you know you know there is an end goal for this and um i don't want to give any specific time frame but like we're hoping you know based off of what we know we might be able to get done within whatever time frames we're hoping sometime at this stage, probably next year. But yeah, like whether to track separately or I wanted to go over there to hang out with you guys. Yeah. You know, and, you know, see you and like track it right with them, but may not be the case. But either way, we're closing in on it. And um, I'm really happy with it in that I enjoy just sitting in my car listening to these songs instrumentally. Nice. You know, just yeah. by themselves. So. You know, there is a lot of, like, uh, moments that are meant to be moments. You know, Aaron is very keen about uh, writing um, with um, emotion in mind. Mm -hmm. So he wants to, like, hook you, you know... Not necessarily in, like, the very typical ways of, like, you know, just playing on, like, sadness and melancholy, but also, like, other emotions of, you know, um, triumph and or, you know, of uh, stress or, you know, what have you. And he's very good at that, and that's, like, this is, like, a great display of that, and that's what makes me excited about it. Because it is very antithetical to what I'm doing in Necrothe, which is... Brutal. Like, you know, brutal rock, and it's the most depressing lyrics I can possibly put down about the worst subjects possible, you know, like, and, um, because it's just real life. It's just the disgusting concrete of real life is what Necrophe is, and all of the, like, monsters we react onto it to try and, like, deal with the horror that nothing means anything. And there are there's nothing hiding in the dark, you know. It's, there's no monsters, there's no ghosts, and that's scarier than if there are monsters. And that's what Negrethe is, whereas Seven Horns is like, but if we all 
empathize and put our minds together with science, maybe we can make it better. Yeah. You know? So I like I like that I finally have you know, I'm down to two bands and they're so different that like I don't feel like I need to like force any one of them to do something that I can't just get satisfied by doing in the other band, you know? Yeah. I don't feel the need to make Seven Horns brutal, you know? It's just fine. I love the way Aaron writes, and I want him to do that. And I can take all my pretentious ideas to Necrofay, you know? And so maybe if you didn't have that brutal outlet, you would try to, try to like, shape Seven Horns to be brutal. But because it's, you have that, you can, you can go outside of it and do... Yeah, yeah, that was something I realized, like, early, when I was much, you know, younger. When I first joined Seven Horns, and there was a, like, I felt like, because I was coming from Monotheist, and, like, I'm hanging out with these death metal people all the time, and we're talking about, you know, all these elite death metal bands, and I'm, like, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, like, listening to elite music matters at all, you know? And um, so, I, for whatever reason, in my mind, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to join this sick, cool band that signed a Century Media, but i got to try to find a way to stick, like, disgorge parts in there. <laughs> and, and, and then I, like, actually did the album and, like, listened to it, and I realized, like, okay, you know what? I no, this is fine the way it is. Like I love what this is instead of what I thought I had to turn it into, just so I could still have my metal death metal cred, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, and I'm glad I realized that back then because it allowed me to do a lot, a variety of things that, you know, got me to the point where now I can do necrosay and just completely call the shots on what I write about and what, and we all have equal input on what the songwriting is and everybody agrees on what we sound like, which yeah. I think is like such a one in a million thing to be <laughs> like in a band where it's the band sounds like what everyone in the band wanted it to, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's super cool. Yeah, that's man. Probably... And- well, what are you saying? <laughs> oh no, I was gonna say so. Uh, Necroy, uh, so let me let me say it right. Necrothoi. No, what was it? It's necrothe. Necrothe. Okay, I've been saying it wrong every time yeah. we play it on Metal Shop. Necrothe. Everyone has. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so so you uh, you were doing the band Monotheist in on, and you guys released a record on Prosthetic. Uh, then you pivoted mm-hmm. and you pivoted and I, I believe you left Monotheist or uh, ended things with that band and then Necrothe. Uh, you guys all, uh, then signed to Prosthetic. Did you kind of have a relationship with that label and was it like kind of um, established that you? Yeah, were, it's interesting. Um, yeah, uh, it's pretty, um, you know, straightforward that, uh, Steve Joe was working at Century Media. He signed Seven Horns. Okay. And over the years, he and I just kept in contact, you know, Steve is just, you know, no one has any bad things to say about the guy anywhere, you know, I was like, everyone loves the dude. So, you know, just he and I would just stay in touch a little bit over the years. And then eventually he starts working with prosthetic and then we get this monotheist album done. And, um, I basically am thinking about like, all right, we got this whole thing finished and like mastered and it sounds exactly like we want and we have no idea how to release it. Yeah. So I just on a whim sent it to Steve to see if Prosthetic was interested. And then they all were. And then I also <laughs> pitched Necrothe in the I pitched Necrothe and I sent like an instrumental demo of Foul Eucharist. And um like and then he's like, Yeah, we want to do both, you know. Just because I explained him I like five-year game plan for Necrothay that I had all these lofty ideas, you know, which we're still sticking to, and we're still going to be just as lofty, but, you know, yeah, so, and that's basically how that happened, and then, you know, um, as far as, like, me leaving Monotheist and then the Necrothay announcement, that was pretty coincidental, because, like, when they announced, um... Well, when they formally announced that I left, uh, they—I think we had our Nekate had already announced our signing. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, because I just—you know—I got home from the last tour 
um, or from that tour we did with Monotheist, and I just kind of realized, like, I like this music is so good. Like, Mike writes such good music, but I just don't get excited playing these songs anymore. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, super stoked on Necrofe, and I'm like, that's that's probably indicative of, like, problems that will happen in the future that I do not think I'm going to have the resources to deal with then. So I just called it before, you know, I committed anything too much. And I was like, look, I'm going to leave now so you guys have enough time to find someone before whatever else the next thing you do is, you know, I'll help you if I can. And, um, that's you know basically how that went it was just like i just realized that like if i because like and monotheism does not deserve anyone half-assing those vocals because that music is like so there's so much grandeur to yeah. the stuff mike writes like he i don't know what great thing to say about it <laughs> like he's a genius and a prodigy and you you know and so i don't want to be like up there doing it and then just like faking it every night and mm-hmm. then like and my, what I was mostly afraid of was having to do the next album and having it be similar to um, and I don't want to go too much into this but similar to the Hobbit's Withering situation where I just did not enjoy tracking it at all because I didn't like the music yeah. or I didn't want to play the music. I didn't like playing the music. Sure. And that's what the newer monotheist stuff was to me. I was like, this is so cool to listen to, but I don't want to play a song like this live any at this point. You know, I want to play Fair brutal, enough. weird, dang, like uh, risky, you know, yeah. like I want to, I want to crash and burn with music and not be so surgical and like, you know, Precise, worrying yeah. about how perfect it sounds. So, and, you know, and that just was not monotheist. Monotheist is like a gorgeous, you know, like masterpiece painting. And then Necrothe is like the thing that's just like the toilet, you know? Yeah, I like it. <laughs> toilet? I like it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, totally, man. And, uh, dude, yeah, um, at least you're being like, yeah. it's cool that you were honest to, with yourself and, 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 you know, you just, uh, re- reassess the situation and now you can focus your time on something that you love, which is, which is cool. You know? Yeah. And, you know, and I want monotheists to like continue to do what they do with like people who are stoked on that, you know, for sure. and Cooper's great. You know, Cooper's great for that. Like he's like a sick drummer, obviously, but also he's a great vocalist. So nice. he's keeping it down and doing a great job. So I'm proud of all, um, you know, touring around and we're just over here trying to, we got a lot going on behind the curtains over here. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, let's 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 go a little bit um, in the past for your like music uh, love of music, and it, I believe you and I sort of have similar paths in the sense that I got into you know metal, punk, all that stuff through like Tooth and Nail and like Christian pop punk. And uh, from what I understand, you had a uh, had kind of your 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 way into music through bands uh, metal like Christian metal bands. Is that correct? Absolutely. This is a very, like, this is a topic that I'm very intimate with, actually. Like, nice. I consider in a way that, like, I'm, I'm embracing it more these days, you know, mm-hmm. um, that I just, like, my roots in all this Christian metalcore, these weird, weird bands, you know, that, mm-hmm. that was, that was what introduced me to heavy music, was bands that they were just kids who liked all these bizarre, different styles of metal and they tried to put it all together somehow and it's like haphazard and you know sometimes they aren't doing a good job at the idea they have in their head but i just like that they did it you know like poison the well like some of that singing sucks but i love it yeah (laughs) like i listen to um what is the opposite of december and i'm like i like if like someone who didn't have the same experience I did listening to this, you know, in the the parking lot of my youth group, you know, <laughs> slamming ripid energy drinks, you know, talking about Halo 2 or whatever. Like, you know, if you don't have that experience, then yeah, you're probably going to think this sounds like, but like, I love how when like people 
take, you know, just have an idea that they just have to do. And, like, regardless of if they nail the landing or not, they just do it, you know? So that's why I love all that older, like, hardcore math course. But anyway... Sorry for that tangent. Wow. No, it's all good. So, what what are your uh, what are your top three Christian metal albums of all time? Okay, um, I'm gonna say this right now. Conspicuously absent will be Zayo because Zayo has not been a Christian band for like quite a while. So, in all the Zayo albums I like, I wouldn't consider Christian metal. So, I want to say that those are absent. <laughs> anyway, actual Christian metal. Um. I've never really thought about it in this format, but um, I want to think of the, you know, the one that I might go, ooh, okay. Here's how I'll, here's how I'll decide what the best ones are, the biggest impact they had on me. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, and it's your list. One. It's not like it's not like yeah. we're doing it like uh, like scientifically. It's like what, what made the impact okay. on you, dude? Okay, so I would say number one, Becoming the Archetype, Terminate Damnation. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, uh, Demon Hunter, Summer of Darkness. Nice, yeah. Um, and number three, man. I guess, yeah, it's metalcore, but it's still like, it's, you know, because these aren't the elite bands. But number three, I would have to say. Uh, Norma Jean, Oh God, The Aftermath. Yeah, dude. Norma Jean's those, great. Yeah, those three albums really helped shape my, um, like, what heavy music, like, sort of embodied to me was in these bands that were, like, kind of weird and mm-hmm. kind of, like, not super, you know, they never, they would just throw any, like, Living Sacrifice, you listen to some of their albums, they have the weirdest, most random shit on there. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, like, like they'll have, like, a Mellow Death song, and then they'll have, like, a Meshuggah song, and yeah. then, like, a radio rock, like, yep. like a acoustic thing that sounds like stained or something. Yeah. Like, they just don't give me They just throw it on there. And I love that, because, like, that never happens anymore. All the albums these days are so, like, there's all the younger bands are so scared of, like, the older dudes making fun of them or something. I don't know. So, like, we don't have any into the moats or between the bears and me's where they're just doing weird out of nowhere, regardless of if it makes sense or not. And it kind of bums me out. Like, you know, you know, one of my favorite Christian mm. Christian bands uh, and and, uh, they they're still one of my favorite metal bands was X Toll. Ooh, oh yeah, I wanted to put them in there, but I didn't really appreciate them until I was like already kind of into death metal. Sure. Um, yeah, but um, they're one in a million by far. So the thing that's interesting is, uh, I gotta, I, I have to mention that uh, you are. It, it seems to be very not Christian now. Uh, so you've gone, <laughs> you've gone from like being into very Christian music to now he's having like a tattoo that says like death and nothing. I believe. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's edgy, but it looks cool. Yeah, man. So, so you just, uh, yeah, that's like a 360 there. Um, you've ha- done a little bit of uh, of music with Zayo. Uh, tell me about um, working with the guys from Zayo and meeting them because I know how much that band means to you. Uh, what? Tell me, bring me back to the moment of like making that contact and then working with those guys. Oh, um, yeah. It was actually completely, you know, like. Of all the bands to be this way, Zaya was the one where, like, nobody introduced me, and, like, I had no mutual friends or anything. I just went to see them in Philly the night before they played This Is Hardcore, and Mm -hmm. I just got along. I just started talking to them about, like, politics and, you know, okay, this sounds pretentious when you say it out loud, but it is what we talked about, philosophy. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we just, you know, really just got along well as, like, people, you know, like, to the point where, like, we barely really even talked about their music that much, so, and then we just kept in contact after that, and then I, you know, and I was just, like, thinking about a lofty idea, like, hey, maybe I could just see if Dan will do this spot on this 
you know, song that we're trying to finish for the Necrothe EP. And he was just like, yeah, sure, totally. <laughs> and That's awesome. It happened, and it was like, whoa. And it's over a riff that I came up with, which is not that important in the grand scheme of things, but it's cool for me to think about. But anyway. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And then also there were a couple little um, things that never saw the light of day. Like there were one or two little like anti-Nazi power violence songs Dan and I did together. And like we were trying to get something with us and Scott and um, uh, another friend of mine, uh, Maya, and maybe, I don't know, one or two other people. I forget exactly what the thing was going on. But, yeah, so there were little bits and, you know, little things that never quite popped up out of light of day but at the very least you know i got dan from zeo on my album and for me so it's awesome. like yeah the coolest thing and then i got to do guest vocals with him at RFS, which was surreal and kind of didn't sink in until it was way over but yeah i don't know that's just been a very um a very uh beautiful scenario of like meeting your heroes and not getting disappointed very much the opposite that's awesome they ended up being very just like they're all very like reasonable just regular kind of dudes who don't have you know some like none of them feel the need to like get attention in a converse or dominate a conversation so it's just very easy to go back and forth you know so that's cool, but man. Dan will talk your ear off on the phone. I'll say that. That's cool, man, and it, that's that's pretty pretty awesome that you get to collaborate with them. I have to ask. Um, so, being a fan of like the like early two thousands, like Christian metalcore and whatnot, what's yeah. it gonna, what's it going to take to get you to Furnace Fest? Uh, I I I okay. I <laughs> obviously I want to go anyway. Yeah. Like I already want to go, but like out of what they haven't said, like I've been thinking about like the big thing they would have to like, really, I really want them to do something like out of left field. Like I want like lamb of God. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like Ash or uh, not Ash, but like palaces and um, American, you know, new American gospel. Or I want like, you know, do the impossible. Get like Extol or get a uh, get botch. You know, yeah. get Kurt. If they get cursed, I will. I will do illegal things and tell everyone about it, it to go. The I most anti-Christian like, band. I don't know. <laughs> The most anti-Christian uh, band playing a Christian festival. I don't know about that, man. <laughs> but uh, dude, well, Furnace Fest isn't well. For, isn't Furnace Fest is like like throwback? Yeah, uh, yeah. Most of the bands that seem to be at least Christian. Anyways, whatever. The curse would be sick. At that is there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, showbread. Oh my god, that is amazing to me. <laughs> uh, what a what a day we're in. Right. Um, so, in case you're you're just tuning in, we're talking with JJ Polachek. And uh, when did you first start doing vocals? What was what age were you at? Because uh, you have a very burly voice, and I met you at a pretty pretty young you. pretty young age. Uh, when did you yeah, first start like, like screaming? Um, there's some ASMR drinking for you. Anyway, um. <laughs> I was going to say, um, okay, it's, I started just, like, I think it was listening to, like, I got in, because it was when I was into, like, Demon Hunter and, like, that. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I think what, the band that motivated me to, like, actually want to, like, make these, like, the specific kinds of vocals I did, because I kind of wanted to be a singer of some kind of metal, but I didn't know mm-hmm. what I wanted to sound like. And then then I heard Zayo, yeah. and I was like, okay, <laughs> that is, I heard Where Blood and Fire Bring Rest, my little, I was like 14, 15, I got it from, like, an FYE okay. in, yeah. like, Oklahoma, well, my, you know, my, my, dad my parent or my whole family besides me was like doing some church performance 
gig, you know? Yeah. And I was just like hanging out <laughs> by, you know, doing my own thing. So I go, I get the Zayo album, I hear that, and it blow, it terrifies me. And I'm like, I need to learn how to do this. Yep. And then the other album was um, Opeth, Blackwater Park. Awesome. I borrowed it yeah. from the, the, scene, the most seen kid friend I had, <laughs> who's the one that I got the Opeth album from. Nice. I remember hearing leper affinity and like being conf- like amazed at Ackerfeld's vocals like like he specifically like sounded like what i imagined a giant like zombie mammoth like you know beast would sound like for some reason that was the image in my head and it fascinated me and i listened to that album over and over and i was like how does he do that? How can I do that? But I had to take baby steps. So I started with like Living Sacrifice and like these more mid-range bands and, you know, the easier stuff. And then I started listening to like the Red Core. And I was like, nice. all right, this is this is a lot of fun to listen to, so I want to play this. So I started, like, Clients was the album that uh, it came out 2005. And I, it, like, was in the decibel top 10, so I bought it. And, um... Yeah, and so it was, uh, you know, that was, like, getting me towards the more death metal-y kind of stuff. With, yeah. And then, the, you know, but Ackerfelt was just, like, the by far the biggest influence, I have to say. Like, And I think you can kind of hear it to a way that I try not to bring too much attention to, but I just did. But anyway, um, and then, like, I didn't like guttural stuff at first, because the first guttural band I heard was Wormed. Oh, okay. Planetarium came out in, like, 2004, and yeah. I heard it in, like, 2006 or something. And I didn't like it. And then, I, like, I don't know, I think it was Disgorge who convinced me that, like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this, because I heard cranial impalement, and it just yeah. starts with that long guttural. And I was like, that... That's different. That's not mm-hmm. a, okay. This is not what I was making fun of. Yeah. This is something that I need to know how to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, so then I got into more like like condemned encephalotripsy and like that. Then you know, big obvious influences on my voice that you know, like Angel and um, you know, AJ um, Ghana Majana. I don't know how. I'm going to say AJ Magana. Um, Matty Way, probably. Sanity. Matty Way, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, Disgorge. Um, and, uh, you know, like these, like, just people I still consider legends and fledged from worms. Like, now I love his vocals. Yeah. And I'm like, they're a huge influence on me trying to, like, make sure I am very dynamic in my gutturals and, like, there's, like, some kind of thing you know underneath besides just the mechanical rhythm so yeah i mean you know it's kind of a bummer that you know there's um a totally different approach to vocals nowadays where it's a lot more about like technique or like technicality than it is personality yeah. but whatever i mean you know there's still good bands doing a lot of good work you know there's fucking flesh who's killing it so i don't want to take up too much of your time jj but i do want to ask about so you are someone who's very outspoken politically and and someone who has who's very like uh, i will say like very left of left um and and um mm-hmm. yeah but how do you uh, kind of so for me personally, I kind of look at um, bands like uh, with with very like anti woman and 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 very uh, heinous kind of lyrics like that as as like a horror film. I don't really take it too seriously, but a, a lot of these bands that you describe like have very you know kind of misogynistic anti woman lyrics. Uh, how do you kind of put those two together? Like on one side, your political thing is is very uh, this side, and then those lyrics are the other side. How do you uh, how do you make sense of that? Well, um, I mean, I'll say that for what it's worth, the bands that I do like don't write about those kinds of things anymore. Word. Um, you know, like Cephalotripsy and Condemned and, you know, um, Disgorge, like, they just write about, like, aliens now, you know? Yeah. So, like, and, um, I mean, there's, I don't know, like, it's, the lyrics aren't, I don't know any of the lyrics. I can't understand them. I don't sure. know the song titles. I don't 
like that's not a thing I value in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, like I said, these days, what I genuinely am listening to more of is the stuff that doesn't have the lyrics, even when you yeah. do look into it. Like, if I listen to Cephal Tripsy, it's going to be their promo, you know, mm-hmm. or you know, and even like the. I think, you know, even um, bands that are still gory just kind of moved away. Like, Epicardiectomy moved away from that, I believe. And, you know, like, a lot of bands just, like, you know, ditched it just because they got older. So, um, and I try to be wary of that, and I I do um admit that a part of me is just desensitized to it because of oh. you know the era i came up in Dude, like, one of my favorite me- yeah i mean surrounded the, us the, ble- you know? the bleeding by cannibal corpse is like my favorite cannibal corpse record so i i in no way yeah. am saying this is like a gotcha question i was just curious so um, no yeah, yeah i know i that's the thing is like i also it's not like i don't like it's one of those things where I'm like, well, if it really bothers someone, like, okay, then I'll, you know, like, I try to speak out against it anyway. So, yeah. like, I like, yeah, like, if you, like, okay, if someone gives me a good reason to, like, you know, never hear those riffs and enjoy them again, okay, but, like, I'll go along with a good reason to do that, but, like, you know, I'm try- like, I'm trying to keep it reasonable and not performative because like if i like i feel like if i made a whole deal about that it would just really be insincere because like all the bands who made that a thing are not doing it anymore yeah. and like they're fine with not doing it anymore like, they don't like devourment complaining about being sent yeah devourment i'm um pretty you know, I'm friends with Brad, and, like, he and I have talked about that specifically, how, like, yeah, just, like, there's, it's, and there's no reason, like, even just for shock value, it's just, like, why why do that, you know? Yeah. You know? So, like, people get it now, and I think the people trying to perpetuate the aesthetics of misogyny and slam are the younger kids who think that they're carrying some sort of torch, but they're not. Because people don't realize the lyrics were always incidental. They were always kind of just there to, like, fit the vibe of the music. And it was also done by very young men, you know, for sure, for sure. who, like, hadn't quite gone through life and, like, realized, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, you know, so that's not, like, something, like, you know, so I, and I acknowledge the beauty of those compositions audibly, you know, yeah. but, like, I don't know what the lyrics are, and, and, like, if I, you know, hey, if someone has a genuine issue and wants to, like, tell me, hey, dude, just don't talk about that stuff because it bothers me. And I'll be like, okay. I mean, yeah, all right. You know, I'll hear it out. And But as far as, like, reconciling that, like, I don't know. I would feel a little more invested in that if, like, the bands I actually listen to were still a part of that. But they're really not. Because sure. it's all the, like, first – well, not first generation, but it's, like, my generation – ish of these slam bands and they're all like dudes in their like 30s now and they've got kids so like they just write about the government or aliens or just gore you know like it's all just very yeah (laughs) i mean or like fractal universe whatever you know Yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah you know like vomitus was actually one of the first bands to make a whole um statement about how like yeah we're done with the gore stuff we're just gonna write about how uh capitalism everybody i don't know if they meant it that way but they they did say that without meaning it (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah you know because it's like we're just gonna talk about how the like government you know that stuff so and that's those are the bands that i when i do put on brutal it's like you know, it's a defeated sanity where, like, all you, if you actually look at the oh, lyrics, band, like, yeah. there's clearly a philosophical idea mm-hmm. going on here. Like, it's 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 similar to something like, you know, a artsy fartsy horror movie. You know, yeah. where it's like trying to get across a genuine theme. Like, there is a point to it. You know, for sure. And that I appreciate a lot.
I mean, but who can say enough good things about Defeated Sanity? You I know? know. I'm actually looking at a Defeated Sanity t-shirt in my collection right now just when you were saying that. So. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Um, oh, so, so uh, yeah, we well, uh, let's wrap up the interview, JJ. Let's get to one of your yeah. songs, man. Um, what uh, what song do you want to play off of your uh, Necrothay record? Ooh, um, is there any uh, worry about time limit? No, man. Let's Let's throw on whatever song you want to do. I would say, um, if you want to, let's do Ancient of Days. Let's just, you know, let's throw everyone into the deep end. All right, dude. We're going to do Ancient of Days. JJ, uh, do you have anything you want to say to the Northwest audience uh, before we let you go and and go back into your cave of isolation? <laughs> um, I just, you know, thank you for your time and your attention. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone uh, sort of takes this time to realize that, like, hey, the actual personal relationships we have with each other are the point of all of this and not like dominating each other and trying to win like yeah let's try like let's use this time to like really understand that that is not even in our control that's the best thing we could do is try to understand and and work together so that's great thank you you know that's that's what i'm taking out of all this is that it's proof of that so and hey if we do work together things will get much better yeah anyway um hope everybody's feeling cozy at the very least right um Yeah. Um, oh, I guess I'll plug our stuff. Yeah, our album "Dead Gods" is on prosthetic and streaming everywhere on everything. All the hits, all the basics, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, we were going to be on tour, but now we're not. So <laughs> we'll see you sometime soon. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All right, Thank JJ. You for your time again. Yeah. Take it easy, take bro. Care. Bye. Bye.
this has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.